Well, good morning, everyone, and it's great to be joining with you once again in Government Herc, and I pray that we'll be encouraged and challenged as we read God's Word together. And I'd love you to turn with me to John chapter 15, and I'm going to read that in just a moment, but let me just help to set the scene for what we're thinking about this morning. Uh, over the last year as a family, maybe like many of you, we've really tried to embrace the outdoors and so we've taken more walks than ever before and enjoyed exploring some of the forests and, and mountains and trails uh, near us. A few months ago we were walking in a forest and came across a section of trees that had been cut down. And what used to be hundreds and hundreds of trees was now just a wide open space with nothing else in its place. But what interested me was that right next to the area that had been deliberately removed were a number of trees that seemed to have fallen down all by themselves. These were trees that looked like they had stood for quite some time, but had suddenly fallen around the same time as the others around them. I suppose as I walked along that day, I thought to myself, is that just a coincidence? Is it just a coincidence that those trees fell at the same time as the others were removed? Or was it because these trees had been sheltered for years by the others around them? They had protected them from the wind. They'd given them nutrients from their root system. And was it that they hadn't really needed to develop strength by themselves because they were surrounded by these other strong trees? But when those things were stripped away, they find themselves suddenly exposed to the elements like never before. They weren't strong enough to survive on their own. I've been thinking lots recently about how our faith can survive and flourish even when some of the things that we might have relied on or leaned on are stripped away. And I've been struck by how important it is for followers of Jesus to develop deep roots and firm foundations that help them to remain strong no matter what challenges come their way. Recently, as a church, you've been journeying through a series about the key aspects of a life of unrestricted faith. And today I want to explore how the area of discipleship is critical to that. Discipleship is a word that is used lots in the church and and often it means different things to different people. But put simply, discipleship is simply the process of becoming like Jesus. It's learning to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to do the things that Jesus did. And to help us explore this theme today, we're going to consider the Jesus' words at the start of John chapter 15. And I'd love you to read with me. He says this, I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts, every, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Amen. And we thank God 
for his word to us. This image, this image that you will hopefully see on your screen, is of an empty wooden structure known as a trellis. It looks sturdy, dependable and fairly well designed. It looks well in a garden and seems strong enough to support growth. But there's only one thing that's missing in the picture. A vine. Perhaps a lot of time has been put into the building of this trellis. It's been cared for, painted, strengthened and looked after. It's almost a work of art, but if a vine ever grew on it, there's no trace of it now. A trellis is a structure that holds a vine in place. Without a trellis, the vine will go off in all sorts of directions and not have any structure. But without a growing vine, there's actually little need for a structure to hold it in place. And so if all the attention is on a trellis, the vine will never be tended to or grown. This is a picture that's unpacked in a book called The Trellis and the Vine. And in it, the author divides the church's work into the structural work, the trellis, and growth work, which is the vine. And he writes this. Structures don't grow ministry any more than trellises grow vines. Most churches need to make a conscious shift away from erecting and maintaining structures towards growing people who are disciple-making disciples of Christ. Discipleship that we're thinking about this morning is vine work. Now, I'm certainly not saying that structures aren't important in the church But if all our attention is on the structure and not actually on the fruit, then we miss the point. That's what Jesus is getting at here in John chapter 15. He's pointing us to the importance of being attached to the vine. Where is your attention focused? On the structure and the trellis or the vine and its branches? So what does Jesus say about the vine here in John chapter 15? I want to make four observations from Jesus' words here that I see in the text that I think have implications for our discipleship. And the first is that discipleship is a fact, is a field, not a factory. A field, not a factory. You see, in this passage, Jesus describes God as an attentive gardener who wants to make things grow and help us to thrive. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He gives a picture of spiritual growth that is much more like a field than a factory. I wonder if we are tempted to view our spiritual growth a little bit like the way we might view the processes and the products in a factory. With a factory, there's a fairly straightforward formula. Put all this stuff in at one end. You know, do the right steps, do the right things, and you'll get what you want out at the other side. The focus in a factory is passing out all the right instructions to the workers. And if everyone does what they're meant to do, then that's going to lead to the desired outcome. I wonder if we too often view spiritual growth as a factory process. Put all the right things in at one end, and out the other end pops a disciple. We probably know in our head that it's not really like this in reality. But perhaps we can get so consumed in getting the programs and the products and the processes right that we miss the need for proximity to Jesus. 
patterns of devotion and personal relationship with God and his people. But the picture of discipleship is much more like farming in a field. That's what Jesus' words conjure up here. The picture of growth and fruitfulness. And I guess the picture of farming in a field, we get this picture of a farmer who wants to get the soil right. Maybe uproot the weeds, plant the seed, and then water it. Farming in a field can be unpredictable and it will be important to react to circumstances as they arise. It involves observing the crop, assessing the conditions and tending to the needs. It requires time and patience, but after a while there should be small shoots of growth. More watering and effort will be required and sometimes it's frustrating and sometimes it's fruitful. Sometimes growth is obvious, but often it can be hidden. Please hear that God's desire for our growth in him is still active and alive. He isn't just interested in us coming to Christ. He wants us to continue in Christ for all of our lives. And that should mean growth. He wants to tend to us, to water the gospel seed that's been planted in our lives. He wants to uproot things in our lives that might be unhelpful or unhealthy. He wants us to grow. And it's not a, a factory process that, you know, is just a, a kind of impersonal approach. No, it's the picture of a farmer who tends to his soil, a gardener who tends to his plants. The original word for disciple is mathetes, which simply means to learn. A disciple of Jesus is a learner, a pupil an apprentice, a student of Jesus. And if you see athletes in a car, they acknowledge to the world that there's someone in control of that vehicle who isn't competent enough to be left to their own devices. They need another beside them. And in the same way, following Jesus means acknowledging to others that we don't have it all sorted, that we aren't competent enough to live our lives alone and that we need another. We need Jesus to be in control of our lives. We are to wear our L plates with pride, to not stop learning because we never graduate Jesus. No matter our age or stage, Jesus still wants us to grow in him. So how good is the soil in your life? Are you watering the gospel seed that's been planted in you and are you allowing deep roots to form? Because discipleship is a field, not a factory. Get the soil right. But secondly, we see here from Jesus' words that pruning is necessary. Look with me to verse 2, where Jesus says, Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Jesus uses the picture of pruning to help, explaining the, pro- to help explain the process of becoming more fruitful. I used to think that the process of pruning was, if I'm honest, I'm not much of a gardener, but I used to think that the process of pruning was all about removing the dead parts of a plant. So cutting off the excess, getting rid of the, you know, the, the dead parts of, of a plant, tidying up 
the, the plant. And that's part of the pruning process of faith, where God challenges us to remove some of the habits or actions or attitudes that are unhelpful for the life of a disciple. God, as the gardener, wants to remove from our lives things that get in the way of our growth. And at times that means pruning attitudes and behaviours in us, which, while painful, is always done for our good and to enable us to bear more fruit. Pruning is painful, but it's actually essential to a life of healthy growth. So let's be open to the printing of God, no matter how painful. But actually, that there's another aspect to printing that actually involves cutting back some of the parts of a plant that are good. It's not cutting them off, but stripping them back. Again, look at verse 2. What Jesus actually says is every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. And so even if we are attached to the vine, living our lives in Christ, growing, continuing to live for him, Jesus still wants to prune areas of our lives and faith so that we will be even more fruitful. How open are you to God? How open are you to that process? Are you asking him, God, what do you continue to want to strip back, pull away, remove from my life? It's such an important aspect for us to consider in our discipleship. And I wonder if the last year has maybe caused us to think about some of the excess in our lives. I wonder if the opportunity to pause some of the normal activities and rhythms of our lives have actually provided a chance to consider whether we were often choosing good things over the best things. And I wonder if we will rush back headlong into our old routines on the other side of lockdown, or whether we will accept God's pruning in our lives. I think printing is, is a season in our apprenticeship to Jesus where he wants to do deep work of preparation in our soul for a greater freedom, love and intimacy with God. Does all our activity make us more fruitful? Sometimes growth comes through printing and pain. Let's be open to his printing in our lives. Thirdly, I want to explore how fruitfulness here is linked to faithfulness. Fruitfulness is linked to faithfulness because Jesus says that no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. In other words, if we want to bear fruit in our lives, we can't do that apart from Jesus. And we must remain connected to the vine. And I think this is the primary and clarion call for every disciple to remain in Jesus. It's been said before that Jesus didn't call us to build the church. That's his job. Jesus said, I will build my church. But he did ask us to remain in him. So I wonder if we can be so caught up with doing and building and achieving and earning that we lose sight of the need to remain and abide. Remaining attached to the vine is essential for sustenance in life. And you know, in our plug and play, click and collect world, we often assume, assume that, you know, deliveries should come today and change should happen overnight. 
But in these stretching and searching days, we need disciples who don't just settle for a quick fix, but take up the challenge Eugene Peterson described as the long obedience in the same direction. Fruitfulness is linked to faithfulness. It takes time. It's actually the Quran that refers to Christians as people of the book. And this term has been embraced in the language of many Christian denominations. And it frames who we are and, and who we should be as Christians. You know, called, challenged and commissioned to live our lives in light of what God has done and what's been recorded for us in Scripture. But I wonder if instead we are fast becoming people of the screen, people of the quick fix, people of the fad. Whether we like it or not, whether we are aware of it or not, we are all being discipled by the world. Every moment of every day we are being discipled, you and I are being formed and transformed, whether we're aware of it or not. And the question is not if you're being discipled, but who or what you are being discipled by. As followers of Jesus, it's time to wake up. It's time to be proactive and not reactive, intentional and not accidental. So how are we remaining in Jesus and growing in him? How do we practice God's presence with us every day? What rhythms or habits or practices can we adopt that enable this growth? Discipleship is the lifelong journey of God teaching us one lesson at a time to develop our characters in such a way that help us to become more like, more like Christ. Change doesn't come overnight, and there's no secret formula to follow, but at the core of this discipleship journey are habits that have followed will help us grow spiritually and stay faithful in every phase of our life. They're not new. In fact, they've been around for thousands of years. But they help us to step out of old ruts and settle into new grooves whenever we give them a place in our lives. For me, the image of an iceberg is a helpful one. Where the strength of an iceberg isn't actually seen in what's above the surface, but on what's below the surface. Discipleship involves building beneath the surface of our lives in faith. It means developing holy habits and building regular rhythms of devotion in our lives where we learn what it means to abide. We might focus on what's seen above the surface as what defines success. From social media profiles and Instagram filters to impressive programs and counting numbers in our churches. But none of these things build discipline or depth as disciples. Humans count, but Jesus weighs. And at the heart of building beneath the surface of our lives lie the embracing of spiritual habits, regular rhythms and patterns of reading God's word, prayer, silence, solitude, giving. And while they might not seem spectacular, they are foundational and will struggle to develop resilience without them. We need to allow the word of God and the presence of God to be our major fuel source. The culture is too strong for us to rely on, a, on an hour's church service once a week or a quick five minute Bible reading in the morning. Fruitfulness requires faithfulness and we need to learn what it means to abide in Christ. And finally this morning, 
I want to point us to Jesus' words at the end of verse 5. And introduce my fourth point that says activity is futile without Jesus. What does Jesus say in verse 5? Apart from me you can do some things. He doesn't. Verse 5 says apart from me you can do nothing. Just let those words sink in for a moment. Apart from Jesus we can do nothing. I wonder if we really believe that. Do we truly believe that apart from Jesus we can do nothing? I mean, really? And if so, do our lives show it? In my experience, it's so easy to drift away from the invitation to abide in Jesus. But I've also found that there's no other way. I once heard a pastor tell a story of a leader in his church who had died. And in preparing for his funeral service, he asked his wife about what he was like at home. The man's wife brought him to a chair in their house and invited him to sit down in it. And she explained that every morning her husband sat in that chair to read the scriptures and pray, going on to say that it was in that chair where he became a better husband, a better dad, a better employee and a better church leader. Find your chair. Activity without Jesus is futile. The warning from these words this morning is that apart from Jesus we can do nothing. But the invitation is to come to Jesus and learn and to learn to abide in Him. What if this moment became an opportunity to step back from some of the things that we do to refocus on the best things? To be Mary's in a Martha world. What if this was an opportunity to stop building and start buying? What if in this season we learned the unforced rhythms of grace and didn't just find rest but experienced renewal? That phrase, the unforced rhythms of grace, comes from the message translation of Jesus' famous words of invitation found in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. And I think they're critical words for the idea and theme of discipleship. And so I just want to finish with these words this morning from the message. To hear it maybe afresh as an invitation from Jesus to come to him and to continue to follow him in these days. To continue to grow in him and bear fruit for him because you are remaining in him. Are you tired, worn out, burned out in religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Discipleship is not a factory but a farm or a field. Pruning is necessary for growth and fruitfulness requires faithfulness. And our activity is futile without Jesus. Come to him and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. 
Amen.